Good morning to Shishi Radhakalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees. Of course, those that we see with our material eyes. And of course, those that we do not see yet. Hopefully soon with our spiritual eyes. We are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, 13th chapter, text 30. And today is the appearance day of Shri Madhavacharya. So we'll speak on that a little bit today. But we'll continue with the um, teachings of the Srimad Bhagavatam. After honoring a true love song, not only of Krishna and Radha, but of the love that exists between Krishna and the entire world. We just have to wake up and realize it. There's never at any point in time been a moment when we've ever been alone. And these are the times when we must remember that very fact. And I probably said this more than two years ago, but it still stands now. Jayaradhamadhava Kunja Bihari Jayaradhamadhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kirivaradhari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kirivaradhari Yashoda Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yashoda Nandana Braja Chadaranjanan Yamunatira Vanachari Yamunatira Vanachari Jay 
जय राधम माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधम माधव कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जन यशोरंदन ब्रज चरंजन यशोरंदन ब्रज चरंजन यमुना तीरवनचारी यमुना तीरा हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 रामा हरे राम राम रामा हरे हरे जय राधा कलचंदी राधा कलचंदी रे जय राधा कलचंदी राधा कलचंदी जय जय जगन्नाथ 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 जय जय जगन्नाथ जय जगन्नाथ जय जय पलदेव बलदेव पलदेव जय जय बलदेव जय जय सुबदा 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 जय जय सुबदा जय जय गोनी 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 जय जय गोनी मीठाए गोरो हरी बोल हरी बोल हरी बोल मिठाए गोरो हरी बोल 
todo. Well, the nice thing about the International Society of Krishna Consciousness is that there's always, at least in my mind, there's always a party going on or some celebration as was, was it, was it Monday, Advaita Acharya? Today, Madhavacharya? Always something to celebrate. And I must say, just briefly, that there's never a dull moment in God consciousness or in Krishna consciousness. Ever. Okay, so, Canto 1, Chapter 13, Text 30. We are covering the topic of Dhritarashtra and how he quits home. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Text thirty Patim Prayanta Subalasya Putri Pativrata Chanuja Gama Sadvi Himalyan Yastadanda Prahasham Manaswinam Iva Satsam Praharaha Patim Prayantam Subalasya Putri Pativrata Chanuga Jama Sadvi Himalayaniyastadanda prahasham manaswinam iva satsam praharaha patim preyantam subalasya putri pativrata chanu chanujagama sadvi himalayaniyastadanda prahasham manaswinam iva satsam praharaha Anyone, would you like to repeat? Pati prayam subalasha putri. Pati vranam kanu jagamam sadvi. Imalya niyastadandam prahasham. Manaswinam eva satsam praharaha. Patim, her husband, Priyantam, while leaving home. Subalasya, of King Subala. Putri, the worthy daughter. The worthy daughter. Pativrata, devoted to her husband. Ah, also, 
Anujagama followed. Sadvi, the chaste. Himalayam, towards the Himalaya mountains. The Astadanda, one who has accepted the rod of renounced order. Praharsham, object of delight. Maniswanam, of the great fighters. Eva, like. Sat, legitimate. Sampraharaha. Good lashing. The translation here is the gentle and chaste Gandahari was the daughter of King Subala of Kandaha or Gandaha. Followed her husband. Seeing that he was going to the Himalaya mountains, which are the delight of those who have accepted the staff of the renounced order, like fighters who have accepted a good lashing from the enemy. Hmm. The gentle and chaste Gandahari, who was the daughter of King Subala of Kandahar, or Gandahara, followed her husband, seeing that he was going to the Himalaya mountains, which are the delight of those who have accepted the staff of the renounced order, like fighters who have accepted a good lashing from the enemy. Purport, Subalini, or Gandharhi, daughter of King Subala and wife of King Dhritarashtra, was ideal as a wife devoted to her husband. The Vedic civilization especially prepares chaste and devoted wives, of whom Gandahari is one amongst many mentioned in history. Lakshmiji Sita Devi was also a daughter of a great king, but she followed her husband. Lord Ramachandra into the forest. Similarly, as a woman, Gandahari could have remained at home or at her father's house, but a chaste and gentle lady, but as a chaste and gentle lady, she followed her husband without consideration. Instructions for the renounced order of life were imparted to Dhritarashtra by Vidura. And Gandahari was by his side, was by the side of her husband. But he did not ask her to follow him because he was at that time fully determined. Like a great warrior who faces all kinds of dangers in the battlefield, 
he was no longer attracted to so-called wife or relatives, and he decided to start alone. But as a chaste lady, Gandahari decided to follow her husband till the last moment. Maharaj Dhritarashtra accepted the order of Vanaprast. And at this stage, the wife is allowed to remain as a voluntary servitor. But in the sannyas stage, no wife can stay with her former husband. A sannyasi is considered to be a dead man civilly. And therefore, the wife becomes a civil widow without connection with her former husband. Maharaj Dhritarashtra did not deny his faithful wife. And she followed her husband at her own risk. The sannyasis accept a rod as a sign of the renounced order of life. There are two types of sannyasis. Those who follow the Mayavadi philosophy, headed by Sripad Sankacharya, accept only one rod, Ekadanda. But those who follow the Vaishnavite philosophy accept three combined rods, Tridanda. The Mayavadi sannyasis are Ekadandi swamis, whereas the Vaishnav sannyasis are known as Tridandi swamis, or more distinctly, Tridandi Goswamis, in order to distinguish or to be distinguished from the Mayavadi philosophers. The Ekadandi swamis are mostly fond of the Himalayas, but the Vaishnav sannyasis are fond of Vrindavan and Puri. The Vaishnav sannyasis are Naratamas, whereas the Mayavadi sannyasis are Diras. Maharaj Dhritarashtra was advised to follow the Diras because at that stage it was difficult for him to become Naratama. Om Jnana Tamarandasya Gananjanan Chalakaya Chakshuon Militam Yena Tashma Shri Guru Vayamaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishna Sankirtana Yena Bhuta Vayam Rupa Gadanda Sadhati Sankirandikam Vanchak Kalpatulibhusya Kripa Sindhuvedaka Patita Nam Pavanibhya Vaishnavibhya Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadara Ashitapati Gauravata Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. How very fortunate Yatarasta was to have a dedicated family member, a brother, who was so concerned about his spiritual life that he, well, he went the extra mile, he took an extra step and made it his purpose 
and he made it his purpose to, in some way, give his brother direction. And fortunately, Dhritarashtra listened to his brother. In a way, he was living shamefully on the um, on the mercy of the Pandavas, and of course, we know the history behind him and how he treated the Pandavas. And I could never imagine. Who could ever imagine living off of someone who we did not consider that we were not so favorable to their family? But he did. But how fortunate any of us could be if someone approached us at this point in our lives and said, in a way, what you're enjoying, the time has come to end it. Because very shortly, you will be, in essence, dead. His body's dwindling. All these signs are coming. But he's still wanting to carry on a political life enjoying the opulence, family. And these are really heavy attachments, especially family. Especially family. So I would think it would be fortunate for one that's brought up, if one is able to be brought up, with the understanding of detachment. But not everyone has that information available, but let me put it let me put it another way. Everyone has a particular right time to come across information. I don't think there's a wrong time. I think it's unfortunate if you go through life and you don't understand the meaning of it, the purpose behind it, or where you're from. Dhritarashtra took care of the Pandavas because their father passed away, so he had some benefits as someone who was following uh, devotional service. He understood the philosophy but the greatest challenge sometimes is just letting everything go and accepting the fact that he was quite close to leaving his body. We get all these signs. We get signs that our body's dwindling, and we don't have to be older or elderly to get these signs. They happen to little ones, children that are coming into the world with cancer. Very, very, very sad situation. And their little bodies are dwindling. We have an opportunity to get this information from the Vedic scriptures, from a realized soul from someone that comes before you and reads the scriptures to you. And it's up to you as to whether or not you take the information and run with it or take the information and understand it. 
And if you're not understanding it, at least question it. There's, there's nothing wrong with questioning it. But the point is, we're very fortunate to have this knowledge. And as the individual that Dhritarashtra was, with his attachments, he's understood that now is the time to leave. What makes it even more special is the fact that his wife, what was her name, Subalini or Gandhari, Gandhari, also followed him unquestionably. And when we're reading the scriptures, we read about the wives that have no problem following their husbands. I'm not going to get into that in great depth, but she had so much love, respect for her husband that wherever he went, she went. And as a chaste woman, when the husband is following the devotional process or on the devotional path. And I think it specifically said it in one of the texts that as long as he's following the guidelines of God consciousness, Krishna consciousness, I'm not putting it in the exact words, but when he's following the religious process properly, of course, there is no harm. There's more benefit to follow him, even into death. Maharaj Jirtarasta accepted the Vanaprast order And in the Vanaprast order, it is acceptable for the wife to be with the husband, but in a voluntary stage of a servitor or a servant. As a sannyasi, um, it is not one of the, mm, how shall we put this? Well, we're going to put it exactly as it's stated here because there's so many ways that this can be misconstrued in our present life. But in the sannyasi stage, no wife is allowed to remain um, with her former husband. And we may notice that today we may see differences, but we cannot be judges of how people live. And I'm just saying this real quickly. Because the one phrase that I will forever be grateful for from Srila Prabhupada was the time, place, and circumstance. Sometimes we're so rigid on what we read in the scriptures that if anything tilts to the right or the left or any way uh, differently, we don't accept it. We must be open-minded to understand various situations do occur. Every single one of us is individual. Every single one of us has had a different lifestyle, a different communication form, different childhood, different experiences. 
But what should bring us together is the foundation of Krishna consciousness, no matter how confused we are, no matter what guidelines we did not have. Consider yourself fortunate enough that you have the scriptures to live your life by. Will you be exactly imitating what's in the scriptures? Probably not exactly, but if you have the essence of understanding that you are not God and that there is one God and that you are the servant, then you're pretty much on the right track. The Mayavadis honored the, they carried the Ekadanda as one. Their philosophy was, uh, oh, <laughs> let's go back to the notes. Ah, their philosophy was impersonalism. Let's get that right. The philosophy was impersonalism. They did not believe uh, that there was an individual individuality in the Lord or that we had individual souls. Hence, the Ekdanda, the Tridanda, more the Vaishnav uh, philosophy, was for the mind, body, and the speech. We have individual souls. The Lord is separate. We have a connection. And no matter where we are, at any given point in time, we never merge with the Lord. We always carry our individualism, even unto the spiritual world. That was not quite accepted or acknowledged by the Mayavadis. It was also not a perfect time for Dhritarashtra to take any other form of renouncement other than Vanaprast. He could not take the order of Neratam, Neratamas, or Neratam, because he didn't really have that long. Neratam is the perfect devotee. That's after sannyasi. That's after you've gone through all of the other orders of the Vanashram Dharma, the Vanashram. It takes time. He's ending his life. He's very close to ending it, so it's very appropriate for him to take Vanaprast. What is very important at this point is that no matter how much his ego was out of control initially, at some point in time, no matter how much our egos are out of control, hopefully it isn't at the point where we're about to leave our bodies that we understand that there is a greater power, that he is far more powerful than us, that we have similar qualities, but we will never have the quantity of the Lord. We will never, ever have that ability. 
Maharaj dear to Rastra was fortunate enough to have a dedicated brother that was so concerned about his life and his lifestyle that he thought he would rescue him. And in a sense, he did. The chapters go on to explain um, the complete process of how dear Tarastra leaves home or quits home. What is also important here is that as we go through the scriptures, in most of the uh, leelas, there's an understanding of detachment. Sometimes it may come to us some of us very easily that we can leave that that we're familiar with, family members that we love. But we have to remember that we come into the world alone and we leave alone. And the one point that really made me think uh, coming into Krishna consciousness is that all of the loved ones that I have around me and those that I have had, we've separated. Everyone has their own mountain. Everyone has their own obstacle to climb. But if we can be of a sense that our connection with the Supreme Personality is eternal, that we are all individually connected and we are all eternally family, no matter where we are, then at some point in time we can accept the fact that even though we may think we cannot physically be in each other's presence, we are always in each other's presence. I think of Srila Prabhupada and the very quick life that he had but the tremendous impact that he had on the Western world. Every single one of us has an opportunity to do something um, impactful. We have had absolutely fantastic, perfect achadias, Madhava, um, and going into acharyas, Madhava, whose appearance day is celebrated, was one of the many. But here at the time that Dear Tarasta was living, there were many. There's There have been many Acharyas that we have an opportunity to follow. I guess the question is, at what point in life do we take God consciousness or Krishna consciousness seriously? At what point do we stop stumbling and making and using others as an excuse not to do the needful. We will not all have a Vidura to lead us in the proper direction. What is very important is that, and another thing, uh, yeah, that was important, is that Dear Tarasta did remain around 
family and relatives, but they were also devotees. So no matter what your path is in Krishna consciousness, it isn't necessarily possible for us to go up to the Himalayas and to meditate alone. Because right now, in the age of Kali Yuga, that's a very dangerous position. We're not that strong. And the mind wonders, which is why we should always be in the association of devotees. Good devotees, bona fide devotees, those that can give us some direction. It is very important. Our association, what we hear, who we're around, the lessons that we hear are very important. Anyone that takes the opportunity, the responsibility to come before you and read from the perfect scriptures, you should always pray that there is something that's being said there, even if it's just from the scriptures that you can grasp and use and run with it. That is one of the many purposes when the lectures are given. Knowledge is being shared with you, perfect knowledge. And as it was up to uh, dear, Tur uh, dear Tarasta to make a move, it is up to you every single day to decide what you want to do. The question is, when do you decide and what do you decide to do? We have been blessed with very good examples. We have wonderful gurus. We have wonderful sannyasis. Now at this point in time, we have more time personally to ourselves where we have access to media, communication, and we have the opportunity to listen to the various sannyasis and gurus giving information. And hopefully each and every one of you have picked one or maybe more than one to take instructions from, to listen to. We all may not be favorable to the same guru or the same sannyasi, and that's okay. But the point is Krishna has been so merciful that he has given us so many different personalities to take instructions from. What would be unfortunate is that you've been given the opportunity to take instructions and you don't take it seriously. You only take it from the point where you're in the temple and you're listening and when you walk out the door, you forget it. There is so much potential and power in each and every one of you. When you understand this philosophy, it is your responsibility to take it and share it with someone else. And it's always the person that you least imagine would have any interest in the scriptures. So at least think about that today. Think about the fact that Dhritarashtra had a loving brother who loved him so much that he decided to give him a sense of direction. Think about Srila Prabhupada, who against many odds left his own country or the country in which his material body was formed in, and he came here to give us instructions. 
And if you've read anything about it, it was not an easy life. You could almost say he gave up his life, pretty much. He lived his life right to the end, quoting and reading and sharing the scriptures. I would consider that love. Anyone that is loving me that much, and they don't even know who I am, and that leave that, and they leave that information out there for me. I would be very unthoughtful, very uncaring, perhaps foolish, not to take advantage of it. So, I constantly throw down a challenge to myself: What can I do today to be better, a better devotee than I was yesterday? Those that have gurus, and even if you've not taken shelter of a guru, anytime you come before the Lord, there should be some change in you where you have corrected or gotten better than you were the last time you came before the Lord. You should never be the exact same person. We should always be constantly changing. And again, we are fortunate enough to have Srila Prabhupada's books, to have the scriptures to learn from. Even if we see someone else not following the scriptures properly, it's like the little kid that tells his mom, well, such and such did this. Well, I'm not such and such's parent. I'm yours. This is what you were supposed to do. And in essence, I guess that would be what Srila Prabhupada could have said. He may have said it. I don't know. But we don't have any excuses. We have a perfect opportunity right now No matter what is going on, there will always be something going on. We must maintain a foundation or attachment or connection to the scriptures. I would never want to be anywhere right now knowing what I know about Krishna consciousness and have that information drop and be left with absolutely nothing. Can each and every one of you imagine what your lives would be like if you had not come across Krishna consciousness or God consciousness or ever heard of Srila Prabhupada? Every now and then when I think I'm having a moment, I think, what would I be doing if I had just, and don't take this the wrong way because I have great respect for how my parents raised me, I study the Bible to the best of my ability. But, and even that, if I think, what if I did not have that foundation? I would be wandering the streets, a lost soul, and goodness knows what else I'd be up to, but we don't have that excuse. You all have the opportunity, each and every one that's hearing this. And it is heard, this is heard in the neighborhood too. Those that are hearing it in the neighborhood and across the country, we have an opportunity every single time we are afforded the blessings of hearing from the scriptures to be better than we were the day before, to take the scriptures seriously, to take our association seriously, to take our lives seriously. We should live in such a way that you completely understand that everything you're doing, the Lord sees. 
And that should keep us on our toes, but it doesn't. Most people live their lives that, that especially that have come across God consciousness or Krishna consciousness, they live as if Krishna closes his eyes or Guru closes his eyes and he never sees anything. That's one of the things that keeps me kind of on the, um, on the uh, up and up. Not that I'm perfect, but the fact that when I took initiation, I took it as a responsibility to my guru to honor his guru. And when I feel myself going off track, that's my opportunity to get better. I also take it as a blessing that I was given the opportunity to understand a little bit about Krishna consciousness because there's so much to understand. But the basics are you're in this world for a reason. There are things that need to be corrected from the past in most scenarios, and if you're lucky enough in this life, you can do it. Your goal is not necessarily to go back to Godhead because if you're doing all the things you're supposed to do, you're going back anyway. Well, you have to understand that you do not control this world. You do not control those around you. Really, you're not the controller at all. So those are things that we need to understand. The Lord, the Supreme Personality, the Supreme Truth, Krishna, is the controller. We are his servants. It is best to be a servant of the servant of the servant. Very important to serve someone that is serving Krishna. Here in the temple, there are so many opportunities. And I think because of um, all the confusion, the things that are constantly going on, and, and as I've heard, things are always going on, but nothing like this. We've forgotten that this temple exists for other purposes. So take the opportunity to see what service you can do in the temple. This is totally off track of what we're covering, but take the opportunity to serve. To serve a servant of the servant of the servant. Take that opportunity. So we'll continue with chapter 13. Um, to its completion of how Dhritarashtra quits home. And who knows, maybe there will be some key points in helping us to release some of our attachments. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to leave our homes. What it means is that, what I think it means, is that we should kind of detach ourselves emotionally, in a sense, from having to need certain things in life. Everything that we're needing, love, a connection, um, a purpose, all of these things, there's so many things, I can't even think of them. You can think of them. But whatever those things are, Krishna will always provide for you. So, in essence, you don't need to unhealthily, I just made that word up, you don't need to hold on so tight to certain things or certain people or certain situations or certain relationships because they're not yours anyway. 
it is up to Krishna as to whether or not, and it's also uh, based on your previous lives, in a sense, it's up to that as to what you hold on to. Because every person that you have been around, every path that you've crossed, you've crossed it before, so don't think it won't happen again. That's what I think sometimes when I'm trying to detach myself from family members. It's like, we've been together before. You've had that deja vu. You'll have it again. You'll always be connected with your loved ones. As you get older, and it shouldn't be that way, but as you get older, you are able to detach a little bit more because depending on what your position is as a parent or as a brother or sister or, or, or a, a whatever position of a relative you are, you've done whatever you needed to do. And you have to back away and let others live their lives. Now that probably went off track too, but the point is we should follow the path that Vidur is trying to show, Vidur has shown his brother, especially at the point where we're getting older, and every single one of us is getting older, some a little bit older than others. We have to get to a point where we recognize what we should be doing at certain stages in our lives. And to take it seriously. It doesn't mean that we have to be gross about it or, or morbid. Okay, I have to do this because I'm going to die tomorrow. No, it's just that we need to make adjustments in our lives to make the process a bit smoother and to do whatever we have to do or need to do while we have these material bodies. There are souls that are crying out to take a a form of the material body. They're just waiting in line. So, prayerfully and hopefully, we make the best of the body and the deal that we've gotten and make the most of it. Um, I'll end at this point and then speak a little bit on Madhavacharya. Does anyone have any comments or questions? Please, feel free. Prabhu, please tell me your name again. I've seen you so often, and I cannot remember names. I can remember faces. Nanda Brajadas. Haribo, Prabhu. Draupadi, Govadura, and his wife, was always so chaste and always staying by him side, his side. Um, he's actually praised for her chastity and, and you know, that she even uh, voluntarily became blind um, by putting yes. her, you know. Yes, yes. So, so um, but what, what really stimulated this, my thought in here, was how do we understand Dhritarashtra as a devotee? He did all of these Good point. insane things. Good point. Good and yet point. he was, at the end of life, he still was Good able point. to give it up and become a pure devotee, good from point. what I understand. Good point. How do we understand Dhritarashtra as a devotee? Good, very good question. I thought about that too. 
And I've read the Srimad Bhagavatam a couple of times, and I'm really focusing on Dhritarashtra right now. And the one thing that came to mind, and there are probably others, but the one thing that came to mind that I would think would give him a free pass or something closer to a free pass is the fact that he took on the responsibilities of his brother's children and he raised them. Now, a good man or a man that was not so good would not have done this. And this is part of the... mm, I won't say routine, I won't say practices, but this is what was done at that time. If a relative lost a child, or if a family became fatherless, the eldest relative or the closest relative took responsibility for the children. And he actually did that, even though he was responsible for a lot of harm to them. Even if he did one good thing, that one good thing made a difference in the Lord's eyes. And it also made a difference with his brother, Vidur, because otherwise, if he didn't have any good qualities, I'm trying to imagine why Vidur was coming to him to get him to change his ways, he saw something in him, not only he, but the Lord did. Now, that was the one thing that I came up with because I kept thinking, well, this guy was a character. Look at all the harm that he caused. Uh, he was he was hellish. And I go back, and there are probably other incidents where he did something good in his life, and I'm sure he did. And uh, forgive me at this moment, I'm not remembering it, but the very fact that he raised those his brother's children. That's a very profound step to make. Someone has to have some goodness in their heart to take that on. Now, what he did afterwards is totally un... un it was terrible. But he had a moment. And it's like chanting, even if you chant a little bit. Sometimes if it's a little offensive, hopefully it's not like that all the time. But even if you do one good thing, sometimes that counts a lot in the Lord's eyes. And it all depends on who he was before, because I know he's had a history before in the scriptures. And it's not coming to me right now. Maybe someone that comes along later uh, will mention it. But that was the one point that I, that was the one thing that I thought of when I, I was thinking, why is he getting all of this mercy? And go ahead, Prabhu. This is a very, very good point, uh, Prabhu. Um, how merciful Krishna is to to see our good mm. and and to um, to to you know look past our our bad qualities. And uh, now that you're talking, I also remember listening to you. I also remember that uh, Dhritarashtra actually um, thought. He didn't want to do these necessarily these things necessarily. His attachment to his son Drona ah, made him you know absolutely, that attachment absolutely good point you know, flipped his flipped him to do do these things absolutely so, good point. Wow, well, yeah. 
Thank you. It's amazing, and that's a good thing, too. You know, the attachment to family, sometimes it makes us do really nonsense things. So you're right. He really did not want to do these things, but he loved his sons. He loved family so much that he wanted them to be in a certain position as opposed to um, his nephews or his other relatives. So you have to think there was some goodness in him, but due to familial connections, he deterred, he sidetracked, and he did things that were not so um, loving and, and God-conscious. Good point. Very good point. Thank you. Mm. I kept thinking about that, too, and I was going, it's like, okay, so all I could think of were the bad things, and I thought, okay, so he did praise, he did look after them, even though at, as they grew older, his goal for his own son grew, and he wanted them to have things as opposed to his nephews or, or um, his family members. So, yeah, you have to think at some point there was some goodness, and with all of us, we've done we've done something that was probably related to an attachment. Yeah, that was probably related to an attachment. And I'm thinking right now that could be another reason why we shouldn't be so attached, because it makes us do things that are not necessarily right, because our mindsets are not proper. We must. Oh, how do we say this without me having to take it back? Our mindsets have to be such that we are not so attached that that attachment makes us do things offensive to our uh, God or God consciousness. Our, our priorities always ah, pleasing Krishna. Pleasing Krishna. Thank you for those words. Jai, thank you so much, Prabhu. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Oh, and uh, just a, just a uh, um, let's see, brief. Well, there's no such thing as a brief mention of uh, uh, uh Let's see, he was born in the 13th century this, in a uh, uh, Brahmin family, Gaudiya, uh, Brahmin Gaudiya Vaishnav, Sampradaya. Uh, and as a child... Um, he had very interesting experiences. And I was going to say, like Krishna, then people would say, well, you think he's Krishna. Well, he had, he's one of the, the ten uh, very famous uh, personalities. Oh, there's another description for it, but he's, he's very famous. He's a rare individual. Getting back to, yes, Prabhu, did you want to say? Mahajan, thank you. You have so much to say. You have so much to say. I want to hear from you more. Thank you. Um, the uh, As he was growing, and at a very young age, very young age, he did some interesting things. There was a demon, a snake demon, in the uh, in the town where he was. It was causing a lot of problems. And at a very young age, he killed the demon with the big toe of, what, his left foot. And the imprint of that snake demon is still in 
Udupa, Udipa, the, uh, where he lived, Udipi. The imprint is still there in stone. His father, um, had a lot of debt. And the bill collector came to the house once and he wouldn't leave unless the father paid the bill. So when Madhava, Madhava finds this out, Oh, it's no problem. He tells the collector to hold these temp, ah, 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 bust. He told the, uh, collector to hold the tamarind seeds. He gave him some tamarind seeds. And he said, just hold them. And the collector's wondering, why are you having me hold these seeds? And he says, just hold them. And then after a while, he told the collector to open his hand. When he opened his hand, there were gold coins. There were enough gold coins to pay the bills of his father. He had potencies. He had great potencies. Um, also, uh, these are just little things, but he was not a little person as far as his importance. When his mother was in anxiety or sad, this would be one of the ways that he would maybe brighten her day. He would take one big leap from wherever he was, and he would be, he would present himself in front of his mom. And that would be the thing that would change her mind or take her mind off of whatever it was. Actually, now to think about it, I think if any of my children did that when I was in anxiety, I would have loved it. It would have just melted my heart. At a very young age, um, he was a very great philosopher. At the age of five, he took uh, initiation. I think it was at the age of five. Let me let me not go from memory because my memory is swift. Yes, was it? Thank you. At the age of five, and at the age of twelve, was it at the age of twelve that he? Uh, left his family, and he began to travel all around uh, the world. He was a great teacher. He could debate with the very best of them. But so I don't go so far off track, let me read a little bit to you about Madhavacharya. Let me respect him properly. Uh uh, Prabhu Jason, did you want to say something? Can you take the mic and repeat that? Got it. I hear you. Uh, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Uh, so, no, I, I actually don't have anything to say, uh, but I was just... Ah. Isn't it nice how we share information? 
That's the nice part about having devotee association, really. Um, so, let's talk about Madhavacharya. Uh, Madhavacharya? Acharya means one who teaches by his life, lived in 13th century India, and appeared in the Brahma Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya. The disciplic chain now represented by his, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In this long disciplic chain of pure teachers, Madhavacharya is a most important link, as Lord Krishna stresses in the Bhagavad Gita. And let me say that this information I'm picking up, I pick my uh, information up from various sources, but this was written Oh, a couple of years ago. Well, not too long ago in the uh, Back to Godhead magazine, I think 2020. Again, in this long disciplic chain of pure teachers, Madhvacharya is a most important link. As Sorry, it moves around a little bit. Mm. As Lord Krishna stresses in the Bhagavad Gita, the essence of all Vedic knowledge is that God is a person. By all the Vedas, I am to be known. But the spread of the Buddhist doctrine of ultimate voidness eclipsed the knowledge for a time until a great teacher, Sankara, drove Buddhism out of India. Instead of saying all is nothing, Sankara said all is one. In other words, he upheld an all-pervasive spiritual reality but said it was ultimately impersonal. Madhavacharya and other Krishna-conscious spiritual masters like Ramanuja soundly defeated the impersonalist view and at last reestablished the absolute truth is Krishna the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And it goes on to talk about his birth, uh, the fact that he took birth in a Brahmana family at Udipi, a South Indian town on the Arabian Sea. And we did talk about some of the amazing stories about how he changed the tamarind seeds into coins and how a nearby demon, snake demon, uh, named Maniman, that lived in the town, was killed by Madhavacharya with the big toe on the left foot. And there is, from my understanding, an imprint of that snake's face on a stone in that town to this day. And it goes on to say, even as a young boy, he was a renowned scholar. And it reminds me, uh, not just of Krishna, but of, um, oh, who is it? There's another, um, there, there was another very, very popular child who was at such a very young age, scholarly. And it's amazing how during these times, how children were so wise at such very young ages, and just to step away from this real quick, 
that is what I'm noticing with the little spirit souls that are coming into the world today. They're not average souls. These children that are coming into the world now are coming in with a purpose. They're coming in with a special shakti, as they did before. It just seems like they're coming in more obviously with the energy that's necessary to assist the world in its condition. But getting back to uh, Madhava, he was a renowned scholar. And of course, we mentioned when he was five, he received spiritual initiation. When he was 12, he accepted sannyasi, the most renowned order of spiritual life. And at that age, Madhava gave up all family ties to travel the length and breadth of India in quest of spiritual knowledge. And it talks about the time that he met Srila Vyasadeva, uh, the literary incarnation, uh, and the author of the Vedic scriptures. And he studied under him for a while. It also speaks of other um, other highlights in Madhava's life, and it speaks of a time when he was sitting on the um, sitting on the seashore, and a ship seemed to be in distress or something. And he signaled this ship from our, our reading to safety, and the reward was from the captain of that ship a big chunk of Gopichanda. And as big as it was, I guess it was too big. It broke and it revealed a statue or a um, a deity form. And that deity form was so heavy that it could not be carried by not even 30 men. But it was stated that Madhava picked the deity form up and carried it with one hand and the other hand was on his hip and he carried it all the way to town to this day that deity that form of the lordship is worship and udapi it is also the uh, the um Content, one of the main points that I get from uh, from reading about Madhavacharya was that he had an impact on stressing the personalism of the Lord, that the Lord was a personality, that we all, and in, in addition to that, that we're all individuals, each and every one of us has an individual soul. And no matter where we go, whether we go back to the spiritual world, we still have that individual soul. It doesn't get mixed in with anything. It doesn't lose its essence. Nor does the Lord lose his potency when we enter into him during the times of when the world is uh, under destruction. We don't lose our individuality, nor does the Lord lose his potency or who he is. Individuality and personalism were key points at Madhavacharya 
brought, um, there was heavy emphasis on, and he's noted for that. He's noted for many other things, but I thought I'd just briefly we'd speak about him and respect him and give our honors to Madhavacharya. So um, we'll end at this point. Um, and I'm always very grateful for anyone that attends the classes in the morning. At whatever point you come into the class, it's very important. You're coming in to the Association of the Lord and his devotees, and those are rare opportunities. So thank you for being here. We'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.